Assalamualaikum and welcome to Umma Sonic with me and I. And me, Sakina. So, October is Black History Month. Why should we care? Well, coming up on today's show, we break down the meaning behind Black History Month and its importance to Muslims in the UK. We've got performance poet and British Somali Yusra Warsami. She's joining us in the studio. Sakina also delves into her own personal history. Yes, I do. And to kick things off, here's what you guys think about why family history is important. I'm proud to be a young black British Muslim male. The reason it is important to know your family heritage and your culture in a sense because that's what makes you. It's part of your identity. You need to understand that there are things that have preceded you before you come into this world and it's important just to learn from it. It's really fundamental that we understand like our language and our family habits and our family values and where those really stem from. Yes, uh, it's always good to know where you come from, what your heritage is. But um, I place more importance and I prioritise my religion. I think part of it does shape you to an extent. But I don't think that knowing that much should shape exactly who you are. I think it's more about what goes on in society today, how you're brought up, what's around you. I think everyone has a sense of belonging and identity that um, you know we all want. It's human nature. I'd say I have a much more stronger sense of identity by knowing my history that's something that will always be a part of me knowing your family history your cultural history and your family history stretching as far back as your great grandparents etc it's extremely important because that kind of gives you a sense of who you are so you get to know where your parents came from where their parents came from what they experienced what they went through in life and what kind of hardships they endured so that we could have the easy life that we do here so what I gained from that was there was a common theme, Sakina, right? In terms of belonging and identity and understanding oneself. Yeah, and this is what Black History Month is all about. This is why we're celebrating black history. We're learning about figures of the past, but also how they relate to the present as well. Because it's a time to celebrate the achievements of black Britons and take a look at our personal mm. history, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Did you actually know that Black History Month started in the UK in 1987? What? I was yeah. only like, you know, I was a little bubs. A little <laughs> bubs, yeah. I know, I know, didn't know that. So why is it so important as well, though? You know what? For me, black history is important because this idea of learning about people that we don't know about, the, the kingdoms and the universities in Africa. There's so much to learn. Because there's such a rich history, right? I mean, apart from the fact of the cultural diversity of Britain itself and, you know, recognising the contribution of these different ethnicities and religions, there's been a resurgence to Islam, yeah. meaning that initially many of the black community were Muslims originally. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first mm. um, country that Islam went to outside of the Middle East was Ethiopia. Wow, okay. So this is the history that we're talking about. Yeah, I'm history. learning, you're just dropping knowledge on me, just dropping knowledge on me, I like that. Knowing where you come from can really help you to know where you're going, right? And I believe you did a bit of that, didn't you? That's exactly what I did. I sat down with my mummy and my abu. <laughs> mummy and your abu, so your mummy and daddy. My mummy and daddy, yeah. and they took me through our history. Assalamu alaikum, my name is 
Fatima Abdullah. I'm 63 years old. 64. 64. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Abu Bakr. I'm 59. I came to this country in 1963 when I was seven. And I um, lived in Leeds, me and my brother. Um, that's where we went to, where my parents sent for me from Jamaica. So my dad was here. My mom was bringing the children to so you, stay. So you came with grandma? It yeah. Was, who, who came? Yourself? Myself, your uncle Ion, your uncle Robin, and um, Auntie Shula. We came over by ship. From Guyana, you went to, what was the journey? Oh, we stopped in Trinidad, I think. Do you know how many hours, or days? It would have been days, oh, it right? Took, it took about three weeks. What? Yeah, yeah. No yeah. way. Yes, oh my gosh, I was thinking days. No, not days. <laughs> I don't understand, three weeks on a boat you spent? Yes. It was an experience, because when we first came, we came in the summer. And the weather was quite nice at the time. Everything was so beautiful because it was sunny. But it was only a matter of time before we started to experience the winter. And also, you know, we weren't used to England, so everyone we saw, we smiled, so they used to call us, like, um, sunshine. <laughs> Hello, sunshine, and this is because we're always smiling. I went to school in Hammersmith. Um, there weren't many black people there, <laughs> black children. So I, I found that strange. Because in Guyana, you're surrounded by... Black people. Pe black people, yes. <laughs> when I was transferred to the grammar side, I was the only black girl. There were one or two other black girls, but older than me. How do you think that affected you as a person? Like It was a very lonely time because I didn't have anyone else to relate to. met my cousin in Birmingham, who was a Muslim, and he was telling me about Islam. And the day I became the Muslim, they sat me down in the masjid. They gave me my shahada. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. And they asked me what name would I like, but I didn't know any, know any, any Muslim names. So one person said Ibrahim, then another person said Muhammad, and then one person said Abu Bakr, and I thought Abu Bakr, now that sounds more African. Wow, I feel like I learned so much more about you there, Sakina. I learned a lot <laughs> sitting down <laughs> speaking to my parents. I learned a lot. There were so many things I actually didn't know. I was going to say, I mean, so were there any surprises for you? Yeah, the ship, three weeks. It's mad, isn't it? My mum was just like a little girl. I honestly thought they came by plane. I don't know why, I just assumed that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, you know, we just take for granted technology is where it's at right now, yeah. right? I remember finding out about my parents' history and how do Indians end up in East Africa and mm. learning about these fishermen from West India travelling down. But it's is it because you have because we ha we're coming from different cultures. So this idea of you know you're coming from an East African background, I'm coming from a Caribbean background, and fusing that together of being British, being a Muslim, being a woman, uh, all these identities and all these labels. I don't know if if you feel the same, but often it's just sometimes I'm just like I'm me, I'm Sakina. They don't have to be separate because they're just one. So, I hear you, I hear you. You I have hear you. me, you have me. But at the same time, as you say, it's still important to recognise all the facets that make you that one individual. So anyway, we're going to go straight into part two of my little chat. I don't know if my little... I can call it that, right? Yeah, my little chat, chat with my parents. Hera's mummy and Abu. So first of all, how did you and mummy meet and how did you get married? One sister wrote me a letter saying there's a sister who is interested in marriage. 
And I thought, well, I can't find any other sister, so I might as well <laughs> try to find. <laughs> try to try to investigate and find out what's happening. So this is mummy. That's your wedding dress. Yes. Where did you get your wedding dress from? Um, petticoat Lynn. Did you actually choose the style? Yeah. I bought the material. And you wrapped your scarf the way that you wrapped it is very much like in an African way. You've got yeah. it high, yeah. and then the materials was it aqua? You said green with flowers. In because it. green, I know, was the Prophet Sadallah okay. Salam's favorite. Color. And I guess that's why in our tradition that me and Rabia, if we get we married, inshallah, we'll stick yeah. to green. Where did you get married? Central Mosque. <laughs> so that's Regent's Park Mosque. Yes. Mm. When you decided to get married, how did you know that this that you were making the right decision? I didn't. Oh, you did. You don't. <laughs> you don't. I just thought, well, you know, your mom, she seemed very in love with Islam, and and she seemed a good Muslim, and I thought, well, this is just birthdays. You know, if you're a good Muslim. Or you, you seem to want to be a good Muslim, rather, then regardless of what problems arise, you'll probably endure it and continue and have patience. All these pictures, as you can see, it's all, um, it looks like, all like Caribbean people. And I remember Auntie Sada, Auntie Anissa, even though they're not, they're not our aunties, but we grew up with them like they were family. Because there wasn't many Caribbean Muslims back in the day, right? Look, this is you here leading in this picture. It says Cornwall 1990, so I was one. <laughs> Look, you're leading the prayers here because you were the imam of the Caribbean community, isn't it? No, not of the Caribbean community, of that little group there. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean, of our Caribbean community because it, it was made up of five families. And it's nice because we're still in contact with them now. Yeah. What was my personality <laughs> like as a child? I used to act a lot. Did I? <laughs> yes, and dance a lot. What song was it that she used to sing? Well, oh, that's the one that Abba always used to play, Jimmy Cliff. You can get it if you really want. Yeah, and you would do the action. You would dance to that as well. And I, I really thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I thought it was funny. I thought I was quite serious, right? <laughs> yes, that's, that's the funny thing about it. <laughs> do you have any memories of, of me as a child? No. <laughs> You can get it if you really want. You can get it if you really want. You can get it if you really want. When you look back at these pictures, how does it make you feel? Well, it makes me feel rich because I had a past which I can relate to. You really want 
Back so many memories. What, <laughs> Jimmy Cliff? Yeah, listening to that song, so many memories. <laughs> you can get it if you really want. Marshall, a nice voice. Oh, appreciate, appreciate. <laughs> and if you've just tuned in, this is Umma Sonic with myself and I. And me, Sakina. You can listen back to all our previous shows at fmo.org.uk and also check out our blog of three black British women who you might not know about and their achievements. And remember, we're also on Twitter and Facebook, so look out for us, Umma Sonic. We always love hearing from you. Umma Sonic. So we have Yusra Rwasami, a performance poet, actor and writer. She collaborated with Skinny Man and Mad Flow on a spoken word piece to commemorate the abolition of slavery. And she's with us today. Assalamu alaikum, Yusra. Yusra, are you celebrating Black History Month at the moment? Yes and no. I kind of celebrate it every day, every month. Because I think every day is a woman's day, a man's day, a black day, a white day. It's everyone's day. But I think it's nice to remind people that might not be so versed in black history, especially the black presence in the UK. Yes. And how much do you know, you're coming from a Somali background, how yes. much do you know about your background, about your family history? I think I know nothing about many things, but uh, what I do know is that like Somalis we have we have a very deep rich history and also we're taught to count back all our forefathers mm. so even though my name is Yusra Warsama it's actually Yusra Ahmed Ismail Warsama so on and so forth and we count back about and 12 you, names and you know all those names yeah I'm a bit mm. lapsed in it but uh, yeah we, we know them most of them and uh, so you can count back and then you know who's related to you, you know your history, you know what your fourth grandfather, if he was your tribal wow. elder, what happened yeah. in Bur'a or a certain part of the land but, at that but time. That, why, uh-huh. is, why is that important to you? Why is that so, knowing your history, knowing your names, why is that important to you? Why is it important? Because then you know who you are. Like, it's that kind of, it's the Bob Marley thing, it's the philosophies we all know. It's, if you know where you come from, you know where you're going. Yeah. And the West Africans have a beautiful symbol of the Sankofa bird. To keep moving forward, you have to keep one eye on the past. So if we just keep running blindly, we we run foolishly. Yes. Whereas if you know your history, I guess you learn and you evolve and then you hope that the next generation then becomes better and they also grow mm. and evolve. So 
it's just about being intelligent and human yeah. I guess I'm just like nodding extensively here because I'm just like oh my god <laughs> everything you're saying is so hard oh, and truth as a, a poet uh, you know a wordsmith um, how did you get into this you know how did you get into writing poetry I don't know Somalis I guess the way we speak is in itself I always describe it as kind of Shakespearean or quite poetic we, we we metaphor things we speak in riddles and it was an oral history so it's passed down and even though I was never born there and I wasn't raised there my mum was a nomad so I feel like all this influenced language and also reading the Quran is the language it gives you so I think all that influenced me to write and find that way of communicating and then when I was about 19 I was doing a random degree in criminology and sociology at Liverpool went into the contact theatre in Manchester, which is this great theatre for young people, um, 13 to 30 year olds, and I walked in and I saw people performing words. I saw people like Lem say, you know, um, Sister Native from New Zealand, Morganics from Australia, uh, Baba Israel from New York. So you meet all these fantastic people and they were speaking their words. And then I was like, ah, so you can actually share what you've written mm. in your little room. This is quite nice. And as well, I was arrogant and youthful and had energy for it then, so you don't really care about anything. Confidence, let's call it confidence. That's that's more positive, yes, confidence, yes. Uh And you've had your career, you've done so much, a poet, actor and a writer, and your collaboration with uh, Skinny Man and Mad Flow, what's that all about? Yeah, gosh, it's, you know, that feels like a very long time ago, and in a way it is. I tend to make poetry in a theatre context now like, to let the words live for longer. But with Skinny Man, Mad Flow, a young man called Article, the poetess that is Malika Booker from London, there was all these wonderful wordsmiths from different backgrounds, you know, yeah. some were lyricists and hip-hop. And we collaborated to obviously commemorate the abolition of slavery. And it was interesting because we sat down and we thought, well, obviously no one's in shackles right now walking down the street but you see in the way people carry themselves Mm. or how they might live their lives that there's some sort of restriction and as an actor we always speak about being unblocked and as a person being unblocked so what is it that's blocking us so we thought well what's a modern form of slavery so it's the mental slavery it's what's in your mind right it's fascinating fascinating stuff i mean uh, i feel like i'm i've learned already so much you know there's so much wisdom in what you're saying do you think uh, maybe you can give us a little exclusive of uh, one of your readings maybe yes and i want to read two short poems which i think influence it this is six lines from rumi and I think as a Muslim and someone that's interested in the arts, Rumi touches everyone. Yeah, and I, I love him. Because he reminds me of the love of Allah and he reminds me of love of humans and being present. So, this is Rumi. Come, come whoever you are, wanderer, worshipper, lover of leaving. It doesn't matter. Ours is not a caravan of despair. Come, even if you have broken your vow a thousand times, come yet again, come, come. Wow. So wow. You know, it's so ironic that you chose those lines. Those are actually my favourite lines of Rumi. I'm not even making that up. Really? I'm not even making that up. Those are my favourite lines, and I have that on my wall, those specific lines, because they're oh, just you're beautiful. Joking me. <laughs> it's hair, guys. It's fate. It's fate. It's fate. It's meant to be. Meant to be. We even dress the same. I'm kind <laughs> of like in my Western avatar at the moment, but like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was I've got looking my little at your, your head wrap, and on. I was thinking, I like that blue head wrap. <laughs> See, guys, you're just leaving me out here. I'm sorry. Your top's not too bad. Your shirt's not too bad. Appreciate it. 
<laughs> not too bad, not too bad. Uh, moving quickly on, uh, the next one. The second one is Zara Neale Hurston. Someone introduced me to her in New York years ago, and she's wonderful. She was an anthropologist. She went out into the Deep South with Langston Hughes and interviewed people and collected the oral histories that were being lost. This is uh, one of the books from her estate, Lucianne Hurston, from her family, and it says, Speak So You Can Speak Again. That's the book if you're interested in it. And one of the poems is uh, Love. It's called Love. I'm not a girly girl usually, but I'll do this. Love. And what is love? The world would know. Love is the soil, the budding trees, the ripened fruit, the roses blow, the waiting hills, the restless seas, and love is bliss, infinite joy. A tuneful songs of ecstasy and smiles and wiles and actions coy and hot embrace and purity. And searing grief, exquisite pain, desire fanned to white hot flame, and blinding tears and dreams in vain, and loveliness and fear and shame. Love makes the weakened one to stand. Ambition grows beneath her eye. The morning dawns at her command, and hope and youth are ever nigh. But where is love? Peace is forgot. The heart is rent, sweet misery. If love sublime should be our lot, then we must clinch our cavalry. Eternity, time and space were created but to wait on thee. If mortals know thee face to face, then they must know, then they must know. Mm. Deep in there, that's profound. Yeah, and I, I love I love her. So that was two beautiful poems that you shared with us. Can we actually hear something from from one of your poems? Sure. This is something I wrote a few days ago. Make of it what you will. Your mother has gone to the forest. Maybe she has been eaten by lions or raped by strange men. They sing this song to little girls, and I am found in a moment hanging, watching. Or maybe she has become a warrior queen. Or maybe she has been found by strange men. Wash a woman, ring your bell, as they sing in the islands far away. And I am stood still, watching, still hanging. Wake the dead of suited men, bull creamed hair, telling tales of home, speaking of now, toasting a faraway sun and a revolution and independence has happened as they mark it with a happening and a quiet, quiet revolution in a place on a street where the beetles rock down the road at the cavern and I'm watching history crumble and I can't catch the water of it through my fingers that are my grandfather's so I'm hanging. Wake the dead so they laugh at our quarrels. Now why did we bother, they might say, as we lodge ourselves into arguments, cracks, but they never told us to keep looking up so we continue to fall, telling stories to little girls of their mothers in the forests might save us that passed on history, so we're not left watching with broken ribs. Tell me stories, never leave me hanging. Thank you. Wow. Oh, honestly, thank you. Like just after each poem, I was just like, whoa. And then this the, this poem here, incredible. And it really shows how your your Somali background and your Somali culture is influenced in your poetry. Uh, how do you actually identify yourself when it comes to your Somali, British, Muslim? Um, how do they all link together? That's a really big question. <laughs> but it's also a really simple one in the sense of, like, you have to really know who you are. And it's not like going this is me in a sentence, it's about searching, constantly seeking it with a positive tip, you know, not kind of, people talk about like, uh, you know, there's this mental dissonance of like uh, cultures and uh, these mix of things that we are ripping against each other, rubbing against each other, but let them rub and see what the rub happens and let the rub, the rub might be a nice rub, you know, let's see what comes of that and then be whoever you want to be of it. 
and making a choice that's right for you and constantly seeking. So all those things that we are, that's how I try to marry it, I guess. No. That makes sense. That makes absolutely I'm, dry, I'm trying to think, that makes any say, sense? My question was going to be, you know, how, how do you, um, uh, how is the Somali Muslim <coughs> British uh, factors influence your work? But um, I think that surmises it really well, doesn't it? Yeah, it all, it all, it's all everything, you know? And it, I might want to be, I might want to wear my hair in a big curly fro one day. And my mum might not be happy about it. She might send me to the salon to get a blow dry because that's more sensible and that's the generation she is. Or, you know, I'm going to the mission and I'm wearing my abaya, but everything with modesty and everything with the dignity, you know, it doesn't, the surface doesn't matter. It's what's underneath. Best people are not the ones with money and not the ones that are in high positions. It might be the homeless man that you give a pound to and have a real conversation with him and he carries that spirit, you know? Definitely. So it's all those things. Absolutely, absolutely. So Yusra, what is next for you? What is next? This is really interesting. Um, so I've been lucky enough to just finish making a movie in South Africa. I got back a couple of weeks ago. Brilliant. What's the movie about? It's called The Journey is the Destination and it's based on the life of a young man called Dan Eldon. But he lived this incredible life, travelled over 43 countries and made these... He was a photographer, right? So he made these journals with these incredible pieces of artwork. Um, and it's called The Journey is the Destination is one of his books. So mm. if you can look him up, Dan Eldon, Inspiration. Mm. Yeah, so I've been doing that. That will come out soon, hopefully. That's going straight yeah. on my Kindle, no worries, yeah. Well, look, thank you yeah. very much for joining us. You're uh, welcome. It's been absolutely amazing uh, to, to meet you and also to, to hear um, your, your beautiful art uh, in itself. So thank you very much. Oh, really nice to meet you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, that was lovely sitting and chatting with Yusra and just kind of hearing her express herself and just talk about her poetry. Oh my gosh, the poetry. And the poetry, especially as an English grad, I love my poetry man. So like, uh, for me, that was a real blessing to have. Yeah, her. and you know what? The whole show today has just been a huge blessing. It's because we're looking at history, not only history, but mm. we're also looking at how it uh, affects us presently and we're celebrating and we're looking forward indeed we are indeed looking forward so looking forward to seeing you guys again very soon on umasonic yes that's the end of the show unfortunately i know but next week yeah next week we have a very special guest that's all i'm gonna say that's all you're gonna say yeah all right all right well we'll leave it there with them but thank you very much again for joining us and we'll see you again very soon at umasonic baby inshallah assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum.